Hello, and welcome to Carol's Coffee House, a place where Catholic singles in their 20s and 30s can grow in community and deepen their spiritual life. I'm Sarah. I'm Maura. Pull up a chair and let's get chatting. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Maura. Um, I guess I'm just having some more water. I'm Sarah. I am drinking a, I made myself a hot toddy just because I am cold. <laughs> also I need to be a little bit comforted today I always I don't have them often that I have them if I I don't know I just need to be soothed a little bit there's just something very soothing about a hot toddy so I'm and it's warm and it's nice so that's what I'm drinking today and we have a guest today I've met them in real life at least once her name is Jenna welcome Jenna hello <laughs> we're so glad you're here thank you for being here with us today yeah. thanks for inviting me I'm so excited for what you have to share with us today and just the conversation that we're going to have about it <gasps> yeah. so how are you guys how are you guys doing today it's been it's been really good my brain feels better <laughs> that's <was> good <laughs> I was asking oh, for no. today for like, because my mate, my brain is just like so mentally tired and I just like got this heavy mental load. I'm like, I need the grace to just get everything done that I need to get done today. So mm-hmm. I think that somebody prayed for me and it's helping. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. That's really hard when you have just that, like that sense of dread where you're like, I have so much to do today and I literally have no idea how I'm going to get it all done. It's just like daunting sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Jenna, what, what are, what's going on with you today? Oh, I w- woke up, went to mass, had a couple a run in with a couple of really good friends I hadn't chatted with in a while. And so that was a little blessing in my day. And then I ran out and did some grocery shopping. I got my typical meal prep Staples. there yeah, yeah. yeah and then I went I was gonna get my favorite breakfast sandwiches but the store that I went to was out of them mm-hmm. apparently everybody else in the world has finally discovered what I have already known for ages that they are the best breakfast sandwiches out there so instead of getting those breakfast sandwiches that they, that they were out of I scoured the um the aisle with you know all the protein supplements and mm-hmm. stuff like that I found some really good bars and I just started training for a half marathon. So, so, (laughs) so I had some friends giving me some recommendations about different products and I had always looked at those little goo things and thought, I don't know what that's all about. Doesn't really seem necessary. But then was, as I was out running the other day, I realized, you know, as I start to get into longer and longer distances, I'm going to need a good, easy refuel. So I picked up a few of those. I don't think I'm going to need them for a while. I'm max, I'm maxed out at like six miles right now. That's more than me. (laughs) Slowly, slowly increasing. I maxed out at five. I'll be able to slide them right in my pocket if I believe I'm going to need one. Do you have pockets on your workout clothes? I only use my workout pants that have pockets. I love I them. <laughs> I have um, a few, I have some older ones that don't have pockets. And sadly, they just kind of sit there. So discriminatory against about, people that need stuff. <laughs> it's all about the pockets, man. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a nanny. And so my, my attire is usually pretty casual and comfortable rather than I don't know, trendy, I guess you could say, but yeah. I've been, so I've been loving, I love leggings, especially in winter, but yeah, the downfall is that they have no pockets. Uh, we need, we need like mom slash nanny pants that are legging soft, but that also have pockets because 
you just, you need to be able to function in life I, with pockets when you work with kids. I have leggings with pockets. They are amazing. Oh, well, yeah. where do you get them? Please tell me where I can find um, some. I think that they do have them at different places. I personally have gotten them from Fabletics, but I'm about ready to cancel. I'm going to like use my, um, my Fabletics rewards, get my last item and probably cancel my membership. But yeah, they have, but I just don't like their tag. The tag is so long and itchy. I don't like it. Oh, yeah, I, it's absurd. Well, why don't you just cut it off then? Uh, because I don't cut tags because I need to know what size things are. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I I I don't stay the same size. I go up and down. I I bloat or I gain weight or I, like I'm really like not moving around and then like stuff happens. Well, and I think like it's really interesting. Like some clothing companies, they make their sizes like. A medium in one company can be a completely different fit from a medium in another company. Yes. And it's just like, how do you even know <laughs> what I to get? Know. Wait, Jenna, what kind of running shoes do you use? I've been using pretty much the same shoes for like the past, I don't know, four or five years. Oh, wow. Always my go-to is the Brooks GTS. So you like Brooks. I've heard good I things like Brooks. Brooks. Yeah, that's that's my go-to. Um, They're one of the better brands. I've noticed throughout the years, they just keep getting better and better. Oh, wow. That's Maybe cool. I should do a little splurging and get some new ones and switch. Because I wear New Balance. But I lost one of my shoes. So then I started wearing my mom's shoes and they're a size bigger. Which like it's like okay, but it's not like the same comfort. It's not the same thing. So maybe I'll switch and get some Brooks. Highly recommend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love working out. It's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute since I've worked out. I'm super excited. I'm super excited. The gym at my apartment just opened up for <gasps> working out. Yeah. I'm oh. so excited. I'm excited about, like, for you. What kind of I know. I have? cannot wait to get in there. Yeah, because I I don't like, I really like, there's a lot of, um, beautiful trails and parks that you can walk through where I live, but, um, it's cold. It's cold. <laughs> so, um, so I'm super excited. The gym finally opened up and use it. So, uh, yeah, I'm pumped about that. I am not like a gung-ho workout. I'm more, I describe myself as more as an active person. I don't, I don't work out a ton but I like to once in a while, just, yeah. I bet ever since the pandemic, I've been really missing it. So I, op- I noticed it was open last week. And every time I went to go like walk by, like to check my mail or do something no, like there's nobody in there, which is comforting. Cause I'm like, well, Ooh, I, I have to worry about social alone. distancing. I love working yeah. alone. <laughs> well, okay. So here's the thing that I like to do too. <laughs> I don't know if I want to say this for everybody. I don't know. Okay. Sometimes I find, like, I really love to walk and, like, brisk walk or whatever, but sometimes, I did this one time, I was listening to music, and I started, like, just, like, dance walking a little, I don't know how to describe <laughs> it, but, like, wow. and I was so self-conscious the whole time, like, I kept, like, looking behind me to make sure, like, nobody was there, but it was so much of, like, I worked up a sweat, and it was fantastic, and it was, like, I was, like, laughing, because I was, like, I look ridiculous, but this is super fun. Oh my gosh, um, that's so cool. I um, have you ever been like, so I, I do like talking to people at the gym. I like it when it's fewer people around so that I can like have my 
just like whatever I want to do, I can just do it. I don't have to wait. I don't mm-hmm. have any obstacles. But like one time when uh, my niece was going to be born, I was um, running on the treadmill in my hotel's gym and I realized I was really thankful that nobody else was in there because there's a mirror to my, on, my, on the side, which is sometimes you don't know what you look like while running. And I was like, oh, I, okay, <laughs> guys, I'm a girl. We wear bras. I was wearing the wrong one. And I was like, ah! <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, thank God no one else is here. Like, I was literally like, God, I'm so glad it's empty in here because this is not a good look. So, yeah, always wear the appropriate clothing. (laughs) Jenna, you just look like that's like a a nightmare. Here, here. Here, here. (laughs) Yeah, your face was just like, oh, my gosh, that's awful. (laughs) If I wore the wrong bra to the gym, I'd have to go home. (laughs) Like, there's times where I have been at the gym with people and then I'm like, realizing that I was wearing the inappropriate garments for what I was doing at the moment and I was like I ran for about two seconds and then I stopped and I just switched to walking oh yes I've done that on walks too where I'm like I start running like outside and then I'm like oops no (laughs) this is public (laughs) I'm like okay we're doing a power walk today Transition into our espresso shot. Yes, uh, the espresso shot for today comes from Saint Padre Pio, and it's it's on the topic of prayer, which says, "Prayer is the best weapon we possess. It is the key that opens the heart of God." Padre Pio, that's so profound. Prayer is the best weapon we possess. It is the key that opens the heart of God. Um, one time when I was in school, and I went to I went to Catholic school, and I can't remember. I would have been maybe second or third grade, and there was a one of the moms came in every week during October because that's the month of the Rosary, and one one week she the first week she talked about how the Rosary is a very powerful weapon. Um, and she kind of talked about it. She's like, I'm going to bring out one of my favorite weapons. I have a weapon in my pocket. And we were like, <gasps> because like, that's, you know, I mean, you don't think of a rosary as a weapon, but she, she pulled out, she's like, did you know that this is the most powerful weapon you could have? And so, um, and then the next week when we came in, she opened, she opened our little, our presentation by saying, did you, did you guys bring your weapons? Did you bring your rosaries? Like it was like it was so that's something that I that I remember from when I was little and talking about you know like prayer is a weapon mm-hmm. um, so that's that's what made me think of yeah um, that also reminds me of Saint Clair who fought off what was it a war or barbarians or something with the Eucharist oh yeah yeah she held up the Eucharist uh, I think it was a monstrance up against a window and was like praying and using that and their convent was saved and then I mean wars have been like you could end a war with a rosary (laughs) I mean it's happened before I don't know how often it happens but Mm -hmm. I mean I think that's something that we do it with is I have like different mental battles that I and different like spiritual obstacles when the devil is trying to get you off track. And sometimes I have a difficult time praying, but then I ask other people to pray for me, like Mm -hmm. things clear up. And 
the number of conversions that can happen through prayer, like sometimes it's just through praying. And because I believe that prayer, prayer and waiting for an open window, and then like just being prepared for that window and praying about like, okay, God speak through me when this window comes. And you're just very prayerful with that. And then God will unlock that. Things can happen. I mean, I, okay, this might sound weird. It might sound really weird, but there's been times where I have felt God prompt me to pray for different people to break up because they weren't in good relationships. I was like, there's certain times where I prayed for them before, but then it just wasn't the right timing for it. And then like, God's like, okay, pray now. And I prayed for about a couple months and then the relationship ended and I didn't even talk to the people. <laughs> I was just like, kind of like mm-hmm. observing or I felt God prompt me to pray for my personal trainer. I did not know why, mm-hmm. but I just did it. And then I did not tell him that I was praying for him. Then one day he's like, oh yeah, I started going back to church. I've been going back to church for about a month now. And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> what (laughs) you were like this was a person that went to mass irregularly and by irregularly I mean he had told me he's like oh yeah I didn't go to mass on Christmas I went some other random day in December and he's like I will go sporadically throughout the year but not on holidays and I'm like that's interesting (laughs) and he started going back to church so I really didn't push it or anything but then I just like felt this prompting like okay I should pray for him and he then um yeah, I know that he went at least four months solid going to church. But yeah, that's something that at different times where it's like, that was prayer can help, like really does help. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just going to say, I also like, I really like the second part of that, of that mm-hmm. quote too, is the key that opens the heart of God. But I sometimes I feel like that can be an intimidating thing like when you sit down to pray mm-hmm. like how do how do you pray well I guess but I think so Jenna I think you're gonna talk to us a little bit about or we're just gonna like just like the power of prayer and discernment which I'm super excited about and thanks for thanks for coming in and, and talking to us about it yeah I'm super excited <laughs> well, I'm I'm so excited to hear what you have to say and just kind of like dig All into right. this more yeah so Let's talk about 2020 first. Okay, okay. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> we, all, we, all, we all know 2020 was um, mm-hmm. what it was. Oh yeah, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. That's, that's the thing because, well, yeah, I mean, we can say it's over, but we're going to see, keep seeing the aftermath mm-hmm. for, for a long time here. And so I've been doing a lot of thinking recently about how 2020 kind of brought me into a a few moments of deepening conversion okay and kind of reflecting upon some major moments before that I'm really just kind of realizing maybe not maybe not for the first time but piecing together for the first time as a journey in faith I'm coming I'm coming at this too from the perspective of a convert I was raised in a Lutheran church and then I fell away for a long time. And then somebody must have been interceding for me hard because I was hired by a Catholic school to teach there. I mean, I had some familiarity with what was going on just because the liturgy of the the Lutheran church is derived very closely from that of the Catholic church. So you're a convert and then you've been doing some inner conversion. 
in the city last year. Yeah. So I can look at this in retrospect because, you know, now it is in the past, but so 2020, 2020, let's go with that. So obviously (laughs) we're all familiar with the struggles of the pandemic, various social upheavals, just a lot of really painful, difficult things to either crumble in front of or grow from all happening together at once. And I turned 35 in 2020 and, (laughs) and really like, this is going to sound dumb, but I remember turning 35 and I, and I had read some quote somewhere, which, which I'll just say it and then I'll knock it because it's totally bogus. Wait, I'm already knocking it. See, I can't say anything in order. (laughs) Anyway, Anyway, the quote was like, it was like, it's more likely for someone to be killed by a terrorist than be married after the age of 35. And at first I heard that and I was like, I was like, um, that's stupid. But what if there's a grain of truth to it? And then I started like, it was, you know, 2020 was the, was the mess that it was. And I was looking in the mirror every day and seeing, you know, another gray hair and another gray hair and thinking, you know, all these people around me are worried about really important, important things. They're worried about Mm -hmm. whether they're going to be able to stay in their homes. They're worried about how people perceive their own human dignity. Mm. They're worried about getting sick and dying. They're worried about their family members getting sick and dying. And here here I am looking in the mirror, counting gray hairs and wondering if I'm ever going to be able to have kids. Which in my heart was really, really heavy. But (laughs) when I looked around, you know, at at everything else that I wasn't contending with on the same level as other people, kind of made me realize where I could either crumble or I could be built up. And so I started reflecting on moments in my life where I'd, I'd experienced deepening conversion. And this all came about sort of at the beginning of the Christmas season. I sort of, or no, the Advent season. I sort of kind of realized it was time to pull away from the time sucks in my life, like games on my phone and endless scrolling through social media. Oh, I feel feel very called out right now. And you don't even know you're calling me out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh. But I... I felt this need to just get away from the influences of the world and pour my time and energy into prayer and into reflection on what God has given me instead of what I perceive that he has not given me or Mm -hmm. even taken away. So right around Advent, I decided to embark upon a daily journey of it's not I wouldn't say it's Lectio Divina but it's kind of like a spin on Lectio Divina where as part of an effort to delve more deeply into the liturgy of the word on a daily basis I would not only study the word but then I would take whatever was the most salient to me or whatever I gained the most from or whatever I thought I could carry forward into my understanding of scripture and of salvation history and that kind of thing and just take that part and make it into a lettering project one of my hobbies is lettering 
I don't know. I have no formal training. Not that's even so, good at it. That's really cool. But, but yeah. I took it and I said, <clears throat> let me make this an opportunity for growth in a couple of ways. Not only doing something I enjoy, but spending that time being in the word of God, reflecting on the word of God, and then sharing it out to others. Mm-hmm. And that's, even, that's not mm-hmm. even, even the most important part for me. You know, it's out there, it's on the internet, but I even said in my profile, this is not about being pretty or perfect. This is about praise. And mm-hmm. my, my hope is that whoever views this work will be able to grow in their faith as well. That is beautiful. I need to look up your Instagram and look at these some more. <laughs> yeah, it's, I decided to call it, I started it at the beginning of Advent. So I called it the Advent scripts. And I realized people are going to look at this and they're going to say, well, Advent's only one season of the year, or maybe not even know exactly what Advent is because it's not celebrated in, or it's not observed in every church tradition. But I also gave it that name, keeping in mind that we are all in a period of waiting for the second coming of Christ. And while we're waiting, as I was reflecting on all the waiting I was doing for different, you know, life milestones in my own life, in the waiting, the best thing we can do is bring our, is allow Christ to draw us closer to him. And so this is kind of like, just that manifesting itself in, in my life. Hmm. I like how you said prayer is about praise, giving that glory to God in any, in anything that you do, because like God deserves all the glory. And that's the first thing that we should do is to praise him for all the good things that he does for us. Even when you don't feel like you're having fun. <laughs> Sorry, I was distracted looking at Jenna's lettering project. They're really beautiful. But yeah, there's times where I think I've noticed that myself, most of my life, I've always been asking God for things. And in this last year, I've been taking moments and just being more intentional with thanking God and praising him. And I want to say that just acknowledging him in the moments when I don't need things and just being like, okay, like you're my friend. <laughs> like, yeah. and remembering to have conversations with God and be like, okay, even though he knows what's going on, he still wants me to tell him. And I think that's also kind of like the same thing with social media. Like if we post something on social media and people are like, oh, I already saw that on social media. I know. And I'm like, yeah, but I want to tell you. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like the opposite. It's like, okay, he still wants to hear about things, even though he already knows it. And we should want to talk about things, even when we know people found out some other way. It should be like, hey, let's still talk about things. Like, let's like also like ask her things, but also like give things and share things. Yeah. I think too, I know I am guilty of this as well. When you finally get to a place where you can pray, mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes I forget that it's a, it's a conversation and that there are two parts, two conversations. Mm-hmm. One is speaking, but another very important part of the conversation is listening. And I forget that as well sometimes when I, I'm so busy talking that God, you know, like maybe I have my plan mm-hmm. of what I want to say and what I want to ask. And that's like, that's a good thing, but also I need, I need to remember Prayer is also a time for you to be still 
and mm-hmm. to listen to what God wants to speak to you, but you have to, you have to allow room for that. My temptation is just to go in there and start spouting off everything I want to say. <laughs> Don't let anybody else get a word in edgewise. Um, and, but it's kind of silly. Like I'd rather, but like in, in theory, like in concept, right. When you think about prayer, you're like, yeah, I want to hear God talk to me. Like, I want to hear what God has to say, mm-hmm. but if you don't stop talking, <laughs> yeah. like you won't, you won't be able to hear anything. Like you won't be able to be able to listen to what he's trying to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking about St. Joseph right now. And, um, um, cause I'm going with father Mike Schmidt's, um, Bible in a year podcast. Mm-hmm. And right now we're learning about Joseph in the old Testament and his dreams. And then we're in this group that I'm group message I'm a part of, we're drawing the parallels with St. Joseph in the new Testament and how they're both good and righteous men. And they also have dreams. But the key thing about St. Joseph in the new Testament is that we don't hear from him. And I think that there's a lot to be said for the silence and listening to God. And I'm trying to become more, adapt that into my life, in my friendships and with God. I think that I already do that with mm-hmm. God because I will like go to him and I'll be like, hey, da, da, da. And then like, I, I will wait. I will cling to him and I will like, kind of like punch him like a toddler. Like, hey, I'm mm-hmm. waiting for my, for you to talk to me. Yeah. But I'm definitely trying to allow space to listen. I think I do that pretty well, but I want to be much more intentional about it. Yeah. There's so much to learn in the waiting if we're Mm -hmm. waiting, you know, in the right posture. And something that I've been learning throughout the past few years, but very intensely in the past year, is I think due to some of our, some of the way our society is structured, we're so accustomed to doing, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, what's the next thing that I can achieve? What's the next way that I can impress this person? What can I do for God to be, for him to be so impressed with me, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. work like that. And I think something that this past, this past year being in quarantine and all those, all, all the ways that society has changed has shown me wait pause Mm -hmm. this is not about what you can do this is about Mm -hmm. who you can be Mm -hmm. and learning to just be in the presence of the lord is there's there's so much more you can take from that if you know how to just slow down and Mm -hmm. Or if you can train yourself, I don't know if, or if you can allow yourself to be slowed down because that's the thing. It's not an active process and it's so hard for us to work ourselves out of that mindset that sometimes it just takes allowing ourselves to observe Mm -hmm. and not feel like we have to be in the middle of things Mm -hmm. to come to those realizations. And so I wanted to share with you. So I had these, these moments of deepening conversion that I wanted to share with you. And I think I'm actually going to go sort of in reverse order, because that seems to be my theme for the day. Yeah, whatever works. <laughs> but, but it was, it was the end of the end of the year, 2020. I had just had really the most difficult school year that anybody could possibly imagine just because mm-hmm. of, you know, I don't think I need to explain it. Um, <laughs> no explanation is needed 
<laughs> I think we all were there. <laughs> yeah, you were there. But um, so the point is, mm-hmm. at the end of the year, I had a two-week break from all the chaos that was my regular life. And I really just sunk in to the ability to just be with the Lord during that time. I went to mass every single day. Christmas Eve was the most joyful mass ever. And then in the ensuing Christmas season, I looked at all the saints that we celebrate in that season mm-hmm. and all of the, all of like the small miracles of Jesus early life. And it hit me. There's so much suffering that we focus on in the Christmas season, but it wasn't suffering in vain. It was suffering the deaths of the Holy Innocents or the martyr St. Stephen Mm -hmm. that point to this reality that there were people who knew from the beginning, people who witnessed from the beginning that the rest that we can find in Christ is real, that his salvation is factual, you know, and that this is a miracle and a mystery that even though we struggle to understand, it's always going to be out there for us. It's always out there inviting us in. Mm -hmm. And so on the, it was, I believe the 30th of December, the second, the last day of the year, I walked in the mass. I'd been going to mass every day for almost two weeks now, or like a week and a half. And I had been pre-reading the Gospels and the Gospel that had to do with the prophetess Anna, who was in the temple for the presentation of Jesus. And I remember reading this Gospel in the morning and thinking, okay, we just read about this lady on Sunday. What more can God possibly peel back about her that, that hasn't been peeled back already? I went in and I was just like, okay, let's listen about Anna. It's going to be great. Uh, And I was not prepared. I was not prepared for my world to be rocked because in the, at the, at the tail end of this year where I felt like waiting was all I was good for, like I was in a place of absolute stagnation. Yeah. (laughs) My, my pastor had this to say here, let me, let me pull it up. I got some notes. Okay. So he talked about the pinnacles of Anna's life. Anna the prophetess, who I believe she was married to her husband for seven years, and then he died, and he was a uh, she was a widow, and she came to the temple every day. She spent a significant amount of time in the temple, and so my pastor asked, you know, we've got these pinnacles of Anna's, Anna's life, her wedding day. And then decades later, the presentation of the Lord. But what about all that time in the middle? What was it all for? Was it a waste? Was it worthless because it wasn't, you know, it was, it couldn't all be a peak moment. And he said, he, he, he dropped a bomb. This is what he said, quote, if everything else is stripped away from us and all we're left with is us and God, then that's enough because he's everything. And that showed, that showed me, you know, even though I was kind of feeling in this place where always, all I was doing was waiting for things to get better, 
waiting for the Lord to show me the next good thing in my life. Wait, pause. You're spending time with him every day. You're allowing yourself to be brought further and further into his word. You are seeking the mysteries that he's slowly revealing to you. And that's enough. He's everything. Mm-hmm. And that like, ever since that day, I've just, I've been living in a totally different way. Okay, I want to hear about that. <laughs> I think that's really profound. Cause I think that goes back to what you were saying about wanting to take action, because I think that that's a good, and those are good things to do is like to go out and to put your faith into action in a practical way to help love God's people and to bring them closer to his light. Um, and so, but a lot of times we get so caught up in the doing that we, we forget. I know that I do this all the time. Like you forget to just be, just to be still and to allow your, um, the phrase that's coming to mind is you can't give what you don't have. And if you don't have that strength, if you don't have that love of Christ, you can't expect to give it to other people. Yeah, that is... Yeah. Jenna, I love what you were doing over Advent because we do need to like make that time and also recognize the time that we are getting to grow closer to God and like grow in his word. And I think that's so cool that you got to do that and then to recognize it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and you know, the project is called the Advent scripts, but the goal is to carry it throughout you know, ad infinitum, mm-hmm. as, as long as I feel that it's still bearing, bearing fruit for yeah. me. And, you know, maybe for other people too, hopefully mm-hmm. for other people. Yeah. But I, I think there's always, there's always going to, I'm going to always have a new takeaway. That's the beauty, beauty of scripture. There's mm-hmm. always a new takeaway. There's mm-hmm. always a new way that you see it impacting your life. Mm-hmm. There's always a new thing you can learn about how maybe you are interpreting it in a certain way in the past, but can better have it better interpreted in the future, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I was thinking about how we, we, we know that I have a mental load. I've got a lot going on, but um, I always remember that we need to lean like when we're struggling, we need to lean on God more. So I intentionally add extra prayer devotions into my life I decided to so I'm doing the bible in a year podcast and then I the last few days I've been praying three rosaries a day I started the our lady and doer of knots rosary novena I fell asleep halfway through it last night I'm like you know what my guardian angel finished it for me it's cool (laughs) (laughs) I um did a regular rosary and then I've been trying to do our Lady of Sorrows Rosary. It, it's a very cool one. So the Servite Rosary, there are 15 promises, I believe. Um, so there's, you start, you do an act of penance, I believe. Um, then there's a special prayer, then the Our Father, three Hail Marys, and then there's this other prayer. And then you go through Mary's Sorrows. There's seven of them. So... So there's, okay, there's seven promises. I will grant peace to their families. They will be enlightened about the divine mysteries. 
I will console them in their pains and accompany them in their work. I will give them as much as they ask for, as long as it does not oppose the adorable will of my divine son or the sanctification of their souls. I'll defend them in their spiritual battles with the infernal enemy, and I will protect them at every instant of their lives. I will visibly help them at the moment of their death. They will see the face of their mother. I have obtained this grace from my divine son that those who propagate this devotion to my tears and dollars will be taken directly from this earthly life to eternal happiness since all their sins will be forgiven and my son will be their eternal consolation and joy. And so there's seven mysteries. And so you start with our father, seven Hail Marys, and then there's this um, may your sorrows or like, and then you end um, three Hail Marys in honor of our mother's Mary's tears. And then there's a mother of sorrows by the tears that thy, thou shed grant that I may weep for my sins, then Hail Mary. And so you do that three times. So if you're interested in that, go Google it or buy a Servite rosary. It takes a little bit less time than a regular rosary. It, it helped me when I was really dealing with a lot with conceptualizing that my grandmother is mortal and will be leaving us Mm. at some point yeah I think I think Jenna what you said about waiting and taking a pause again because I think we're so used to doing things and being busy especially in this pandemic like I think that we just live in a world and a society that is just busy everyone is so busy we cram our day so full with all the things that we need to do and they're good things and then and then this pandemic hits and everything goes on pause everything was shut down and we had like we had to take a break for a while nobody was going anywhere doing anything and I think it's interesting you know when you kind of take us like we are forced to take a step back and really I don't know, like analyze what our life looked like and just say, I'm not sure what to do with myself now that there's nothing to be busy with, not to, nothing, there's nothing to fill our time with. And I think that, I don't know, do you guys feel, I've maybe experienced this a couple of times in my own spiritual life, but do you think that sometimes God gives us those pauses on purpose? Like he gives us those moments of, I need you to take, I, I need you to take a step back um, and he brings us to something that that forces us to wait and to pause so that he does have room to speak. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I've seen it in my life so many times. Yeah. About approximately, I say approximately because the story is still going, but approximately five calls to deeper conversion that I've experienced in my life. And what I realized, Sarah, is that All of these happened during times when I was, I was experiencing some sort of separation from the status quo that was going on in my life at these given times. So I'm going to start at the beginning now. We've heard the end. We've heard what the most recent, but I'm going to rewind us back to like 2015, 2016. Because at that time I was, I was working, you know, in this Catholic church or this Catholic school 
that somebody had interceded for me to be hired at. I'm sure of it. I'm not sure who, but I'm thanking them daily. And I remember very clearly during this period of time that I I recognized that I was in a a line of work where I was called to serve people. And that was always something that that I realized and that was part of why I went into teaching. But as I took a look at what that meant, specifically in a religious school setting and specifically a Catholic school setting, I realized that uh, there were certain ways in which I was kind of being molded into the culture without even, without even, it didn't hurt. It wasn't scary. It just kind of happened. And I started recognizing patterns of sin in my life and realizing Mm -hmm you know, there's so much more out there for me that's so much better than this. And so I would attend mass with my students on a pretty regular basis. There were some times that if I didn't have a homeroom, I would kind of like skip out and take an extra planning period. But I got to this point in time where I was just, I was really hurt by the pattern of sin that I was in. And I realized it was a perfect time for me to kind of just like step back my planning could wait. I needed to be an example for my students. And even if I wasn't, you know, living in a manner that I would be proud to show in front of them, at least I could go to the church with them and yeah. sit there with them and try to understand things with them. Because I, I know, I know as a child, I did not, I, I had really struggled in church. But I also remember seeing how my parents reacted. And I remember like, I remember my dad crying in church and thinking, what's this all about? Especially more, more recently, having conversations with people who are, who are really strong in their relationships with Christ and thinking, what are they getting that I'm missing? I want that too. And mm-hmm. so as I, as he continued to attend mass with my students every week on a Tuesday. I wasn't going to church on Sundays. I didn't, I wasn't really, I I don't know. I was kind of still in a period of time where I was working myself constantly too. And so having one day Sunday to rest, I was going to get all the rest I could. I was going to sleep in all that kind of thing. But during, during that period of time, during those masses, one line stood out to me above all others. And I was kind of, I was kind of familiar with, you know, what was going on, but at times I let myself zone out, except when we came to this one line during the Eucharistic prayer and it always snapped me back every single time. And Mm -hmm. it's the part that goes, look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. And like I said, at that that point of recognizing patterns of sins and sin in my life, I realized, wait, all this can be forgiven all this can be moved on from, I may never forget this, these things in my life, but if I'm, if I look to Christ, he's going to forgive me. And that was, that was the spark for me. And and that I said, this is worth my time. This is worth my interest. And then the following, I think it was the following fall, I signed up for RCIA and I joined, joined a church in, April 16th, 2017. So I'm almost a four-year-old. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but that was the time I was, I, I was realizing too, I was coming into friendships with other people who 
who weren't Catholic, but really, really well grounded in their faith. And so spent time with them at their church. And uh, in the summer of 2018, and this is kind of my second further call into deepening conversion, um, I started listening to different podcasts, different um, Catholic presenters. I think Father Mike Schmitz was my first one. He was the gateway to Father Josh Johnson. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but something that Father Josh says, I think in probably pretty much every one of his podcasts, is that we are called to be saints. And that was something to me that was really profound because I like, you know, I was used to this idea. I can love Jesus. Jesus can love me, but I can be a saint. What? How how do you do this thing? And, or or how does this thing happen? And so I really kind of, he, he helps me in the beginning of my further catechesis to kind of develop this mindset that, that's what I need to posture myself towards. I need to posture myself towards sainthood. But um, I also had some friends that were actually like, they were strong Christians, but they were very anti, anti-Catholic. And so they presented some ideas to me about the Catholic church that I really felt I needed to examine. And so I actually stepped away from the Catholic church for a while, just because I realized what these people are saying is really serious And I need to make sure I understand, I have a better understanding before I partake in Mm -hmm. everything that's going on. And so I actually did, I stepped away from the church for a while, but as I stepped away, God called me back. He called me back because the friends that I was attending this other church with kind of started, kind of started falling away from, and it wasn't anything that they did or I did. It was just kind of a natural separation But in that time, it was, I felt so empty, kind of without them to lean on. Um, And I realized this is, I've got to lean back on God. I've got to lean back on God because that's, that's all I've got. And during that time, it was like a particularly low moment. I was sitting again, sitting at my school mass with these little children. And again, I heard, I heard that still small voice, you know, I don't know how else to explain it. It was audible only to me. And it said, I have something so good for you. And so in the midst of all this heartbreak that I was feeling because I was questioning the reality of my faith and questioning the strength of these friendships, that voice came to me and said, there are so many things for you besides these things or in addition to these things that you value and treasure just wait, I'll show them to you. And so taking that and gaining momentum from that, I was able to re-examine my faith, come back to the church, um, come back into full communion really quickly. And that was, that was such a grace, such a gift. And I'm actually grateful now that (laughs) that turn, that specific turn of events where I was at another really low point happened because, you know, God swooped me right back out as only he can do. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of lived in the state of like, like happy, you know, I'm where I'm supposed to be miss for a while. And my, my little call to the conversion that I noticed after that wasn't for another year or so. And um, it came when one of my pastors was reading 
just, you know, the weekly gospel. He was reading from Luke. And I want to read the passage that he read because I think, I think it's something that all of us can use mm-hmm. not on a daily basis, then as a sporadic reminder that this is meaningful. This, this call to follow Christ has weight and it might look different than what we expect it to look like. So the, here's the passage. This is from Luke chapter nine, verse 57. As they were proceeding on their journey, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered them, foxes have dens and birds have the sky, or birds of the sky have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to rest his head. And to another, he said, follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But he answered him, let the dead bury their dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And it took me a while. And then there's more, you know, I will follow you, but let me say goodbye to my family. And then Jesus said, no one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what was left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. And that just said to me, this is serious business. And this is going to take dying to yourself in ways that, that you don't want to, in ways that are not expected, in ways that you think are going to hurt you, but in the end are going to serve you in your relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. And I'm still unpacking this one. This is this further call to conversion is something that I think I'm really going to be pack, unpacking for the rest of my life. Because what he seems to be asking is so abrupt and so drastic. And truthfully, when I read these words, I think to myself, if I were that guy, what would I have actually done? You know, I am that guy. What am I actually doing? (laughs) Um, But again, again, it gets to this idea that it's not always in the doing that we're called further up and further in. It's in the following in what capacity we can and so that's that's kind of that was last year that that really sunk in for me and then 2020 hit and I've we've we've covered everything else and so now we've come full circle with my moments of deepening conversion and I can't wait for what else is out there I'm because yeah (laughs) because what's already happened is just so unbelievable if you had told me 10 years ago that I would be where I am right now, I would have laughed at you, laughed at you and probably called you name. I am so excited to like watch the rest of your story unfold through the years and see what else mm-hmm. like in other way like what other ways god calls you to deeper conversion because i know i'm gonna hear about it like and i'm so excited because this is like oh really yeah cool. that's, <laughs> and that's the beauty of the community that we're in too i i think you know i was thinking about this earlier in the day I was, have you guys have heard about the idea of seven degrees of separation mm-hmm. like su- supposedly you know if you look if you if you take seven people and like line them up everybody in the world knows everybody else but I was just thinking you know Christians as a community we have one degree of separation and that's Christ oh and I mean if you let that be kind of a lens for how you look at everybody else around you I think it allows you to see the people in your life more clearly 
it allows you to empathize with them more more closely and I've I've taken that realization and said to okay you know I'm single but how can I what can I do to make the church my family what can I do to make um, my friends my family what can I do to make my pastors my family how can I incorporate all these all these members of the body of Christ into like my being you know I love that um because it is kind of like as a single person it can be a little bit of a you know when you haven't quite have it figured out like you're like okay well in the meantime what do I do and those Mm -hmm. I think are great questions to ask yourself like okay so this this piece of my life isn't happening yet or it's not I haven't quite found the path that, or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the path that God, that God has for me, but I just haven't reached that milestone that I would like Like, to be at. What can I do? Yeah. What can I do in the meantime? How can I use this time? And instead of focusing on, you know, what I'm worried about or what I would Mm -hmm. like to have be my reality, making a more beautiful reality for the people Mm -hmm. around me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that part of that is just with prayer, like figuring that out with prayer. And I like that because earlier you talked about taking a step back and pausing and waiting in silence, because part of it is that we need to be able to be comfortable in silence with those we love because we don't really have a, like a strong relationship if you need to be filling it with things like words, noise, activities, other such things. And that's something we have to think about with God. We have to be comfortable with in, in silence with him and just enjoying the company. And in that company, we'll also like learn and get inspiration for what's, how we can better help others. This is very thought provoking. So- <laughs> so moving forward then for our grounds to cover for this week what are some ways that we can like I don't know try to be more open to prayer like really some practical advice for people who are maybe trying to strengthen their prayer life or they're trying maybe they're not sure where to start how to pray like what are some ways that we can help other people either start up a better prayer life or to keep strengthening their existing prayer life yeah, I would start with the idea of just being open to the invitation mm-hmm. to be in communication with Christ, with mm-hmm. God, with the Holy Spirit, because I think there are so many ways that they invite us in that if we're not conscious of it, we can miss mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But then we go back and we realize that was a call. I better answer that call. You know? mm-hmm. uh, and so, you know, Okay, another convert thing. I didn't know for the longest time how to pray the rosary. I had all these rosaries and I had no idea what to do with them. So I picked <laughs> them up and I would take a walk and I'd do very unconventional things like use each bead to pray for somebody I knew or use each bead to pray for, um, like use each decade to pray for a different intention, that kind of thing. And you know, slowly I learned that that was serving my prayer life just as well as, you know, an actual rosary might be doing. 
And even if it was unconventional, it was still a call to that, or it was still answering that invitation and just be allowing myself to be, to be invited and to be accepted into that invitation. Um, Something that I think be intentional with telling God about your life and your day. Yes. Like make that time, like maybe a few minutes and be like, okay, God, here's what my day was. Here's things on my mind. Here's how I'm feeling. Here's my worries. And here's what I'm happy about. Stuff like that. Whatever you feel called to like tell God about, like, as if he's like, he's a part, like, like another, I guess, like you're talking to another human that you care about and love that you should be sharing things with. Yeah. Open dialogue. I think that's where a lot of um, miscommunications arise between people because we can perceive different Mm -hmm. things about one another. But if we're not frank about that, you know, people can make assumptions all they want, but we're not doing anything to resolve that tension. Mm -hmm. We can take the same attitude towards prayer. You know, I have this tension in my life. Lord, help me resolve it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think one last thing I want to say is if you do say God or Jesus and you're not normally praying when you say that, be mindful to take that time and like, convert that from taking the Lord's name in vain to mm-hmm. taking them and be like oh okay God I'm going to talk to you now mm-hmm. just to yeah. like be like kind of intentional about it and change something from like one way into like to changing it from a sin into a prayer yeah this has been yeah this has been such good this is just a good conversation. Jenna, would you mind sharing um, your Instagram account one more time or like, or like where, where people can find that if yeah, it's, they are interested? It's the Advent Scripts. Awesome. That is great. Yeah. So if you guys are interested in, and we will post that in, um, in the podcast description for you guys also. But yeah, if you are interested in hearing more of what Jenna has to say and following kind of that journey and um, looking to maybe... Know, revive your own spiritual life or your prayer life um you should go check that out that's really um an awesome thing that you can do so and we like jenna yeah. <laughs> 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 okay guys we'll uh check you out later thanks so much for stopping by carol's coffee house this week We hope you found our conversations to be uplifting and inspiring. A special thank you to our friend Jenna for sharing her story with us this week. Uh, Don't forget to check out her page on Instagram. It is called The Advent Scripts. And there you'll find some really inspiring quotes on beautiful backgrounds to lift your heart to the Lord every day. We really appreciate all of your support and encouragement And your feedback helps us strive to bring good content to this podcast. So if you have any ideas of topics you'd like to hear more about or are interested in, please reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter at at carol underscore podcast, or you can email us at carolscoffeehouse at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Have a great week, guys, and God bless.